Hi, welcome back to the BU Podcast. My name is Jasmine. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. Uh, Don't forget to please rate the podcast and also subscribe. I really appreciate you listening. So today I have Cam Gnarly joining me. Cam Gnarly is an artist out of the Inland Empire. And I had the opportunity of meeting Cam actually last week at a music and media event where he performed. Right after he performed, I got to tell you, his performance was so good, so raw, organic. His stage presence and just his his lyrics really just stuck out to me to where I was like, I have to talk to this guy. And um, I brought him on the show today so he can tell us a little more about himself and how he applies self-healing and self-work into his music. He's been on this journey for a little while, and I can't wait for you to listen to see how he got on this path. So without further ado... Here's Cam Gnarly. I'm so Thank happy. Thank you, Jazz. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I, I appreciate you, you know, having me sit down and chop it up. Yeah, last week when I met you at uh, Chrissy's music and media event, I was like, dang, Cam is so good. I didn't, I feel so um, bad that I didn't hear your music beforehand. But I'm like, wow, I'm just happy that I did because I think that you're an amazing artist. And Thank you so much. I went back and like to your old catalog and listened to everything. And... Now that I'm listening to stuff, I'm trying to understand where does the gnarly come from because your music don't sound like crazy or offensive or negative. So tell me, where does the gnarly come from, from Cam Gnarly? The gnarly from Cam Gnarly, it has a double meaning. Okay. Uh, if I was to tell the origins of it, like my last name, my actual, my real name is Cameron. Okay. And so I, but everyone's always called me Cam. And, uh, and my last name starts with a G. And from where I'm from, like, my last name is very, like, prominent in certain spots. So, like, when I wanted to start making music, I never wanted to, like, remove myself from who I am, you mm-hmm. know? Like, I always, like, my name is my name at all times. So, when I came up with Gnarly, it really came because I was, I used to be a lot more wild and, like, rambunctious and, and just, like, crazy. My Uh-oh. Homies, you know? <laughs> but my homie was telling me, he's like, bro, you always be doing, like, gnarly-ass shit, like, that only, you know, that only would happen to me. So then I remember I looked at it, but he, like, texted that to me. And I I probably hadn't seen the word gnarly in a long time. And I was like, damn, gnarly got a silent G. Uh-huh. So when I seen it, I was like, oh, man, like, that's I could put my name in there. And it, and it still works. And, it, and in my, you know, the way I look at it, it's, it, it continues to, like, flip to, you know, to flip things on their ear type thing. Like, you know, gnarly doesn't necessarily have to be, like, some, like, kicking the door thrash type stuff like it is an attitude and the energy of like doing whatever you want you know and, that's true and like and super like very california and its roots as well like kind of just like carefree in a way and i feel like for a black person like I, that shit like uh called out to me like yo i'm about to like be on some gnarly shit like completely different than what people is expecting so i feel like that's where the gnarly thing comes from I like that because it, it does have like a different um, meaning to it, but it also sounds good. Like Cam Gnarly to me, it just flows very well, but you're right. It has like a nice ring to it. It can mean a lot of different things. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. So gnarly dude. He said gnarly. What? I was like gnarly dude. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I said dude. <laughs> it's all good. That's I, right I call my girls dude sometimes. It's okay. It just slips out. <laughs> We say, dude, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's part of it, mm-hmm. it's part of the lingo. When you serious, like, are you serious, dude? Like, uh, it's a part of it. What age did you decide that you wanted to be all in about this music thing? The age I decided I wanted to be all in was probably like when I was probably like 22, probably like 21. Uh, I've always been in music, mm-hmm. um. Like, growing up, my, my family had us in the choir. I sang in the choir when I was very young, and I sang in, like, school choir in my elementary school. Uh, I went to a performing arts elementary school, so I was, like, I learned how to, like, read music and stuff like that at a young age. I lost all of it, but that was a part of, like, my, my programming mm-hmm. of, like, just uh, just a, a musicianship around me at a young age. So then I ended up getting into rapping completely separate. Like, I stopped singing. I, I used to draw. Uh, okay. And then I stopped. I stopped singing completely. I got into. I used to draw and I started rapping. And I went. It was a challenge. Like I wasn't good at it immediately. So it took time to learn how to freestyle and then time to learn how to write. And then I did all of that just to find myself right back to my, <laughs> you know, my original music teachings and like kind of 
uh, meshing the worlds together. Mm-hmm. So like around that time, probably like around like my early twenties is when I started to really see that. Before I was just like rapping, and I was more like like I said, like a little bit more rambunctious in the definition of what the gnarly is. Like I was kick, I was kicking shit over and not giving a fuck. And oh my! Mobbing with mobbing with my homies and all that. You know, my that's a part of my music history too. But in the growth of it, like that's where I really found myself as an artist and started mixing the the harmonies and the melodies and the cadences that I did when I was singing into mm-hmm. like my rapping. And that's where it really started like my sound and started talking more about like self-awareness and positivity and just the things that I'm into as a whole, like right. just trying to add something new to the conversation while also like sonically making slaps. And I feel like that's, I, I'm very comfortable in that space. Like I know what I, I know what it is that I'm doing and I'm confident in the ways that I could grow in doing it. I like that. So prior to doing music, you were also an, uh, like a painter kind of, or? Uh, I should, uh, I never got into like paints a little bit. I got uh-huh. into it a little bit, but when I was young, I, uh, like I was the kind of kid who used to get like easels for Christmas and shit. Like, oh, and, that's like, cool. I used to be a cartoonist. <laughs> I used to draw a lot. Like I don't draw as much anymore. I still yeah. it. Like, you know, I, I, I still enjoy drawing. Sometimes I'll draw my plants. Like this picture right here is a picture I drew of my plants. Oh, that's so I, cute. So, like it's a thing. It's a thing I like to do. Like I still love to draw, mm-hmm. but it's not like necessarily like it's a part of my artistic expression. When I do artworks and stuff like that, it's really easy for me to draw what my idea is. But, uh, yeah, I started drawing first, like, and then I kind of just got past it. But I used to, like, my grandmother used to submit my drawings to, like, newspaper stuff and be like, baby, I won you $300. Type <laughs> shit. So, you know, that that's really, like, was my first artistic thing, like, more, more, more than anything, like, I used to love to draw. Like, it was quiet. It was easy. Or it wasn't easy, but it was, like, something I could do, and it, it was just me. Wow. So grandma was the VIP for real. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, she she definitely raised us. I, I come from that type of family where my dad is the youngest of ten. Mm-hmm. Definitely like a big a big mama type mentality of understanding like this is the the matriarch of our entire family, and uh, you know she raised all of us in particular a little bit different. And yeah, you know, like she she had a big impact on us. her singing in the choir and all that kind of stuff. Like I still under, I know and understand where I get the shit that I do from. Yeah. Like, that's beautiful. Man, I wish I knew how to draw. I actually had an art class back in junior high, and I failed it because my drawings were that bad. Like, so oh, it was terrible. So when I had a test and finals and stuff, I'll have my sister draw for me, and then I'll just turn that in or something. Like, I'll use yeah. it and, like, pack it up because she was a better artist than I was. But, yeah, I had to just drop the class because I was not passing. It was bad. I feel you. I've definitely drawn some of my siblings' homework before, so <laughs> I know what it's like when the, the project, the assignment calls for art, and right. the artist just ain't doing it, but it, it's all practice. I feel like, you know, that's artist objective and all that kind of shit. Probably in middle school, I ain't gonna fly, but yeah. you should start drawing. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if I have it in me. But Joe, somebody may like it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, give it a try. Somebody may like it. Draw what you like. Okay. It's going to be a bunch of flowers and some stick figures, but I'll try there. <laughs> I'll try there. Uh, let's talk about your latest EP, Love Really Is. I think it's a great title, by the way. Um, you talk a lot about the importance of self-love, and I think it's so beautiful because it's not common for a lot of men to talk about that. And I just want to know, is there like a certain particular situation that happened that really brought you to this place of healing? Oh, man, I- it's like my whole life, I guess. <laughs> it's like, but uh, like you know, how, how do how do how do I surmise like healing in a in a whole? It's kind of like the project in itself was inspired by like these little back to my grandmother, like these little drawings she used to collect. You may have seen them in the newspaper. It's, like, it's the, the Love Is cartoon. Yeah. And she used to collect them all the time. She's gifting to my grandfather. Oh. So when I was working on this project, in in you know during COVID and stuff like that, sometimes I share my music with my mom. And I was telling her, like, yo, I, I have this idea. And she's like, your grandmother used to collect these things. And uh, that was, like, the inspiration, the visual inspiration. So already in that, like, I was already making songs about, like, love and healing. Because I feel like even within, like, my last two projects, From Love Really Is and the project that I put out in in uh, in 2020 called 333 mm-hmm. AC, which is a healing frequency. Like, I've already been on, like, this mindset of, like, how do we heal from things? Because I feel like within my music, I try to, like put in 
the lesson of where like I am at at the at the time period. Right, like, right. I put out a project called GoPro. My mentality was going pro to be a professional within my craft and master my craft. Mm. I feel like I, I, I stepped into that musically. Then after that, I did this project called The Posse Prevails, which is like a big talk of growth from like the mentality in itself. Like, I don't want to just go pro. Like now I'm maintaining like a positive mindset so I can like really breaking down the my mental mathematic of like, how do, how do you become a professional? Like, yeah. you, know, you, you know, you gotta, you have to create a positive mindset so you can get to that space. So I came up with this thing I would say all the time in like an affirmation form was like positive in, or positive intentions, positive actions, positive outcomes. And that's really like the thesis of that whole project. So then after that, I did this project called Nirvana and that was a darker project. So I was, I, at that time I, I really wasn't like going through things, but I was really going through the growth of the change of all the things that I have done mm-hmm. uh, musically and really seeing how like some of the places that I was trying to go to and get to wouldn't happen if I was still staying the same as I was when I was just in that in that mindset. It's just about understanding like just as much as the positive of things, like the positive the positive prevails project was a very lighthearted, positive project. Like right, a song right. called Cabbage is really bubbly. But then on the other side, after that I put out an album called Nirvana. And it's much darker and the themes are darker. I talk about loss and friends that I've lost growing up where I'm from in San Bernardino. Like a lot of people have passed and had impacted on me in that way. So mm-hmm. when it came to 333 and especially with uh, COVID and everything going on, like I was already in this mindset of like talking to my friends, like this is a time to focus on your healing. Like if everybody's getting sick, how do you combat that? Like you got to right, yeah. focus on your healing, not just you know, your respiratory shit and breathing, but Mm -hmm. what about your mind? What about your body? Like a lot of those things to equal you getting sick if your mind's not right, if your body's not right. So in that, in that space, like, you know, I got to that, to this love part, like after doing the the inner work of like healing and trying to figure myself out from 2020, I started making like, you know, love songs and exploring that, you know, falling in love and understanding that after everything, after you go through everything, the best thing you could do when you find somebody to love is love yourself at the same time. Very true. You know, and love really is, is all about that. It's like literally the balance of like romantic love and self love because Mm -hmm. some people love really hard and they can't balance loving themselves and loving someone else. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those, those are things that I've seen a lot in in my life. So that's why like the first song being boundaries and last song being love, because this is a cycle, you know, like first you go through some shit, you create boundaries, you lay your boundaries down, you fall back in love. Yes. You know, that, and then oh you my. in that same shit with everybody. Everyone, so, literally. <laughs> so the answer, sorry, like, you know, to like ramble about the answer, but, you know, how I got to this place of healing or talking about self-love and love really is, really is a byproduct of like everything I've talked about in my music since like 2014, which uh-huh. is like about like my path as an artist, you know, my talks about self-awareness and positivity and stuff like that not just trying to be like the hardest rapper in that way right outside of that getting into space and telling my story and opening up about you know the hardships of you know the real life stuff you know the people who aren't here anymore who i write who i write these songs about Mm. and then love really is is exactly what that is like it's still me writing songs for the people who aren't here anymore or the people who may come in the future like you know and and the project too it breaks down because every song title finishes the sentence of the of the the title that you I didn't re- I didn't Love realize that boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, so if you input it, that's why I put the title as the dot, 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 dot. dot. okay. You can, you can finish it, you know, like the way I want people to listen to it is like, you know, love really is what? Like what what is that to, to you? For me in this project, love really is boundaries, love really is the heels, love really is a mm. sweet thing. Love really is an, an exchange, love really is heart like, talks. Heart talks. Yeah, yeah heart talks you have with yourself in the mirror. And I have those a lot like that you know if you go to uh to uh, like spotify when uh-huh. you share it the little reel that comes up is a little caricature drawn just like the love is cartoons of me looking in the mirror and i have so many times like you know as i have a gang of times like just having those talks to yourself like what are you doing or you know or pumping yourself up like nigga you, you the nigga like but <laughs> overall it's like those heart talks like you know, right sometimes you gotta have those heart to hearts heart to hearts with yourself absolutely and then, and then love is just like a shout out, you know, like just sending out love to the people who need it. That's how the song starts. Like this one goes out to my niggas need a check in. Like that's basically what it is. So yeah. the whole project is just like 
the whole process and project is just an uh, act of self-love and, you know, low-key, like, reevaluating how I feel about romance and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting because now that I think of it, I didn't, I didn't realize, like, the dot, dot, dot was pretty much leading on to each song about what love is to you. And yeah. but when I heard it from like beginning to end, I thought like, OK, I, you know, I could tell you're telling a story and it just flowed. So like, you know, organically, I can really tell where you were going with it. But now that you told me that, I'm like, oh, that makes so, that, so much more sense. Um, yeah. And I hope that with more context, you know, re, you know, revisit it, listen to it again. Yeah. Because it makes me like, uh, you know, sometimes when you put a lot of stuff in, things get lost. So like I, that's why I even appreciate just having this opportunity to just like talk about it. Because Absolutely. I'm very, I am intentional in the stuff that I do when I make projects like this. Uh, and it's probably the most, uh, it's probably the most uh, like intentional concept project I've done in a minute. Uh, okay. You know, it's an EP, like because everything means something. Like, yeah. From the inspiration to the artwork to the like to the song structure and everything, like it all plays a part. Like it's all very personal too. What's your favorite song off the album? Personally. Oh, man. That should be changing every day. <laughs> but right now, my favorite song off the album is uh, Heart Talks. Heart today. Talks. Today, Heart Talks is my fave. I just, this is something about it. It don't even have a hook. And what's tight about it is because the way it came together, shout out to my homie Nikki D. Shout out to everybody who's on the project, Zia Bell, uh, Pretty Pates, mm-hmm. and Long Girl Ray. Um, but... When we made that, we were just sitting in the studio. The beat was made by my homie A. Brooke. We sat silently for about an hour. Mm-hmm. And what he said and what I said just happened to work. Like, we didn't even speak. Like, oh, wow. You know, the, the energy in the room was just that. Like, we yeah. looked at each other and was like, what you got? And and that's exactly what it was. So then <laughs> after that, like, uh, shout out to my homie uh, North Star, the God. I was, we were on Clubhouse and he was putting me on a Bobby Hemmett. And, uh, and uh, like, some of the, the enlightening stuff that he was sharing, if anybody ever want to check him out, check out Bobby Hemmett, he's saying, like, some real stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but that's who's speaking in between the clips. And the stuff that he was saying, we didn't really edit it very much. Like, the video that we found that was perfectly, like, aligned with what we said, we just took, li- aligned it with it, and everything flowed as it did. Like, he wasn't saying nothing in these parts. And right where it was open, it was like he was shining through. So that's wow. really, like, one of my favorites because it's, it's one of those like the, like can't I can't call it yeah. divine alignment like that shit just works so well. Yeah, it's and so Nikki good. Snapping on that. Yeah, he d- thank you. he does he does hard yeah. talk and exchange and boundaries. I think those three are probably my top three favorites. The whole yeah. EP is great, but I would say those three was the ones like I kept replaying over and over. Um, but hard thank talks you. like I can I can hear how just like organic the the flow was. Zaya snapped on exchange. Too. She did. She did. Is Zaya yeah. also from the IE? No, uh, Zaya's from like Vallejo. Uh, oh, okay. Oak the Bay originally. Um, we met, you know, just working in music in, in, in between LA and IE. Mm-hmm. We had some mutual friends and uh, we always just stayed in contact. She had, her and her friends had came out to a show that I was doing in the IE and we always stayed in contact. And, uh, you know, she's somebody who's one of those people that I just get inspired by everybody's on the project, like some people who really inspire me uh, in a different way. Mm-hmm. And Zaya, her artistry, the way she like is so open with it. She she was working on the record on Instagram Live and stuff like that. Like she really opens people to her creative process. And a lot of artists don't do that. I don't even I don't do that very much either. But when I see that, it inspires me because I learn so much. Like I'm a, right, I'm yeah. a very quick learner, and I learn through observation. So I could see somebody do something. And be like, wow, like I'm a sponge. I, I can soak that game up and apply it to my own game. And uh, you know, she, I, when we talked about it, I was already playing her songs. I, I think I sent her boundaries first and asked her if she wanted to get on. And she was like, Nah, I don't want. I don't want, that. I want this song. Why not? That's what I. But it was, it was like a different energy. But she was right. Uh, you know, the story that that song is telling doesn't really need a rebuttal. Yeah. It's very like affirmative. Like I have to say what I'm saying whether you like it or not. That's yeah. like creating a boundary. But with exchange, like it was perfect because when I wrote the verse and stuff like that, and it, it, gave, it gives me like the flip that I'm doing on the songs, like a love Jones kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like some of the lyrics are like 
keywords from like Love Jones. So I feel like it required like a rebuttal, like because in Love Jones you have like when Darius goes up and does his part, and at the end of the movie Nina goes up and does hers. Right. So I feel like you know in that <laughs> way I needed the rebuttal, and she just she snapped. It was crazy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. That's that's definitely one of my faves. Both of them, both of those songs are two faves, but yeah, that's how we met. And then, you know what, you also have, I really enjoy the fact that you have um, messages behind some of the songs, too, at the very end. I recognize Kobe Bryant's voice. He's the yes. end of love, right? Okay. Yeah. But I didn't recognize the other voices. So who else is on okay. the project? Uh, on the first song, and like I said, this project, everything means something. Aww. So on the first song, at the beginning when it says, the, the first voice you hear, it was like, you see... You know, if you, I can't remember. It's, well, I, I think he's, it's Betty White? That's Barry White. That's Barry White? Really? Yeah. Wow. I didn't hear that voice. Because Barry White's known for love. He's like a love Yeah. Guy. But, you know, he's literally the songs that he's known for is like, come here. So to have him at the at the beginning of a song where it's like, stay away. Like, <laughs> like, I feel like that was interesting. And also me and Barry White had the same birthday on September 12th. So that's why I picked that. I was like, oh, Barry White. You know, it's, it's just like me talking, but a different version of me from a different time. But, uh, yeah, so that's Barry White on that song. Okay. And then at the end of Heels, that's Huey from the Boondocks. Matter of fact, we, uh, you know, from the Boondocks. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even know you were going to ask me that, but I already got the... <laughs> TV uh, shirt. I think that shirt kind of beats mine a little bit. I mean, Battle of the T-shirts today, I see. Oh, for real. <laughs> Battle yeah. of the T-shirts. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> But that's from the Boondocks. It's from the uh, it's from the episode where Huey has to go back to Chicago because Granddad got a funeral to go to, mm-hmm. and his homie don't fuck with him anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, Huey, say something deep. And I, I, I'm kid you not, like from the moment I saw that episode, like years and years ago, like I remember I got on the phone with my homegirl Lisi after I was like, Did you see that episode? Like, what was the, what was that poem at the end? You know that Khalil Gibran poem. I've, it's been stuck in my head ever since then. So when I made Heels, like, I made that song on the fly, too. Like, my girl was like, you haven't wrote a song today. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And she was like, after we get back to the house, you got to make a song. So I made, that's the song I made. I didn't. Oh, wow. I just turned the beat on, and that's what came out. I didn't really write mm-hmm. uh, a lot of that. And, uh, and it all came together that way. And when I wrote it, when I found out, you know, kind of like I said, I, I didn't write it. So when I was spinning and delivering it once i got to the end i realized like oh this song's about healing mm-hmm. you know I, the first thing that came to mind was that that poem where you're saying like you know your pain is the is like a like the silent physician like it's breaking your old self yeah, and came through yeah. her own words that you gotta uh you gotta break you know i heard you gotta break so you could grow like mm-hmm. that's basically what that's all about and then what's the next one there's sweet i don't think sweet has one Exchange is like that's the crowd from Love Jones from the movie Love Jones. That's okay, the that, that's the crowd. Uh, oh, I didn't recognize that. Okay, and then uh, yeah, if you go to the beginning where uh, where Darius is talking, you'll hear then that's right, that's right, you know, that's <laughs> crowd. Uh, and then I think what's after that? Uh, no. Bobby Hammett. That's Bobby Hammett. Bobby Hammett. Um, okay. And then and then that's Kobe on Love. Kobe on Love. Wow. Yeah. Really great choices. Thank you, thank you. Speaking of movies, what is like your favorite love movie? Oh man, my favorite love movie? Yeah, I've never even thought about that. Really? Uh, okay. I mean, yeah, since that, since you're, you know, been talking about love. My favorite love movie? Yeah, that's crazy. I guess like what comes to mind right now. I guess uh, I do love Love Jones. Okay. Love Jones is definitely one of my favorite love movies. Uh huh. I also love. Uh, Brown Sugar. That's also one of my favorites because I love hip hop. There's a hip hop element to it, and mm-hmm. one of my first loves is is hip hop. So it kind of mixes both together. Yeah. And then I don't even know like my favorite love movie. I want to give three answers just to give like a variety. That's fine. I'm not sure. So we have Love Jones. We also have Brown Sugar, and uh, this one isn't a. This one's not a love story. Okay. But this is a really <laughs> sweet part. <laughs> what is it? Comes it? To mind. Have you ever seen the movie A Bronx Tale? Of course. I love a Bronx Tale. A Bronx that is a love story. Love... Is that a love story? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's like a, a yeah, it's a balance. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a balance of love. It, it reminds me of like my life type shit, you know, like the things my dad used yeah. to tell me. And, you know, my dad 
put me on to Bronxville. And I would just say, don't waste your talent to see and all that kind of thing. But also, like, that story of just, like, watching, you know, Collateral fall in love with, with Jenning and, mm-hmm. every, you know, everything at that time period. Like, that shit is... I don't know, like, it was just always really touching, so, yeah. Yeah. Bronx is probably, like, my favorite love story. A Bronx is actually really good. I kind of feel like yeah, that. Yeah, i watch that later. I know, me too. I feel like yeah. that movie's a little underrated, because I don't know, I, I just feel like people kind of forget about it, but I love a Bronx, There's so. so much, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a gangster movie, yeah. it's a love story, it's a coming-of-age story, like, you know, like, there's gems in it. I a lot know, of messages yeah, in that movie. A whole lot of gems, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, back in 2017, I think you had posted this picture. Uh, it was a picture of you performing, and you said that hip hop saved you. What exactly yeah. did hip hop save you from? Shit, myself, honestly. Okay. I mean, it's still, it's still, uh, I mean, it's still a battle, <laughs> but uh, for the most part, you know, it really, uh, I, it saved me from my own decisions uh, at the time like my life could have went a, a completely different way uh-huh. and I'm really happy with the way that it went in a lot of ways I found a good balance to do the things that I originally wanted to do which was I could have been a I could have been an artist I wanted to be an uh, illustrator and a drawer or a drawer I want to be an illustrator mm-hmm. and like a sketch artist a yeah uh, and then I got out of that you know but I still find myself in within a space of you know able to do that I wanted to be a school counselor at a time and like because of a lot of stuff that I saw when I was in elementary school and mm-hmm. high school and just like I come from a really big family so I've seen a lot of stories go crazy mm-hmm. and you know I didn't end up doing it like that or getting like you know the psychology degree and all that stuff but I, I work in my community I work for the you know within the school district in my community and I'm yeah. able to get back to the school that I that I used to go to so I feel like like I said it's a battle because it I, I could have went the whole complete other way. There was a lot of times where, you know, I found myself in situations I just wasn't necessarily proud of, mm-hmm. um, you know, or wasn't necessarily like a good reflection of the man that I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, you know, but it was what I needed at the time to set me, to set me right. Uh, you know, and life just works out like, like that. But uh, yeah, hip hop in itself, like, is one of my longest running things that I've been interested in consistently, like, it's not a day that I don't go by that goes by that I don't think about music or rap or rap a rap song or something like that. Mm. And I remember being in high school, like writing down because hip hop is only like 40 years old. So I remember writing down like, you know, you know, every record label at the time's roster at the time, like Rockefeller's <laughs> whole roster. Everybody Def Jam. Yeah. Yeah. Damn Shady, Bad Boy, like, you know, Slip and Slide. And DTP. All, you know, yeah. <laughs> Murder, yeah, everything, yeah. But LL Cool J, Run DMC, Grandmaster, all that stuff. Like, so many. That was a part of my love for hip hop too. Like I, I now it's kind of like it's like a second secondary thing. Like I know that stuff offhand, but I don't think about it anymore because I'm so like in it. But I'm such a fan of, of hip hop and the music. Like I, I've heard, I used to say all the time, like the reason I make music is because I heard so many songs. Mm. Like I heard so many songs and soaked up so much music that I was able to look at my own like and put it into my own words and make my own songs. Um, but yeah, it, it saved me because I every time that I was doing some shit, the reminding thing that people around me would tell me, like, do you want to, like, Collagero, you know, do you want to waste your talent and, you know, waste of the natural abilities and things that you can work to and work through to do some stupid shit or to, you know, to, you know, I don't want to get, like, into crazy detail, but, you know, just to, like, you know, just to do shit that wouldn't let me be, the person I am today. So yeah. Yeah. I love music. I love the community that I'm a part of musically. I love the connections and the, and the friendships and the fellowships that I've built through music. Like that shit has saved me because I don't know what my life would have been like. otherwise. Mm. No idea. Well, probably would have been very regular. <laughs> very regular. Yeah. And, and we don't have time for regular. regular. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's almost as bad as fucking going out bad. Right. <laughs> like, Wow. The energy when I came on, I did that song and 
the background, I guess. So yeah, I was gonna I was say for that kind of shit. Yeah, I was gonna say just to hear that, like how how it happened so fast. I can only imagine your adrenaline rush when that when that happened. Like I'm pretty sure it was a good feeling, like that. You yeah. know that intense, yeah. intense like. Like I don't know, it's almost like a panic, but you're excited. You're just, you're yeah, just anxious. I yeah, like, I love to perform. I feel like a lot of my, um, a lot of my ability to connect. A lot of different artists can do different things, um, but my ability sometimes to connect when I have a microphone or I'm on stage, and I have a, a good chance to really cut through. And I love to perform because I feel that like, and I get because I care so much about it. I get mm-hmm. anxiously excited, like you know, I, like I. <laughs> Like, my homies would be like, are you nervous? I'm like, I'm never nervous, like, but, like, there's nerves. Yeah. My nerves is up. Like, I'm ready to, (laughs) I just want to get it over with, you know? And then I'm such a, like, you know, I'll be on my head. The first thing I say when I get off is, like, how did did it sound? Like, (laughs) do you really? How did it go? Yeah, I'm always like that, like. Yeah. I didn't see that last Sunday when you performed. To, to me, it didn't seem like you had any nerves, and you came out, and you just rocked the whole thing. I was like, gosh, like, who is this guy? Like, he's so good. So I, I couldn't, if you're, for you to say that you're, you get really anxious before you perform, I wouldn't ever, like, you know, believe that, because it doesn't seem like that on the outside looking, looking in. Well, I'm glad, because, <laughs> I mean, it's all, it's definitely all in here. Right. But, you know, the people, like, on my team, and, like, the people who's there with me, like, the first thing we talk about is, like, all right, like, because there's things I want to hit, like, there's key things I want to make sure are on point, like, that I sound clear, uh, that I pace myself correct. Yeah. Like, things that I, things that I, you know, would think about if I was in the crowd, like, you know, I want to be able to hear somebody clearly. I want to, you know, let the bar breathe and that kind of thing and make sure that the delivery in itself is just a little, you know, has a little uniqueness to it. So right. for me, like, I, I don't know, like that's, it's that stuff that I care about that makes it exciting. Like if I didn't care, I, then I just wouldn't care, but I care about all of it. And I love to perform. Like it's my favorite thing to do, uh, even as a even as a like recording artist, like when I'm in the process of writing music, uh-huh. when I, when I'm recording, I like to do it like I'm performing. Like I'll sit with my mic and just like talk or, or just express myself or freestyle, and then I'll go back and you know kind of put you know find the find the gems in there. But that's just one of my processes. But yeah, I love to perform, so I'm glad I was able to like all I had to do. I think I I don't know if I said that to you or to someone else, but it's just so different to go from having a set of 20 minutes to have somebody come up to you after and be like, yo, I like that shit. Da, da, da. But to be able to do that, especially after not doing as many shows, I used to do shows like every single weekend before COVID and to do that. I don't, I often don't do cypher. So to just take 52 seconds to get someone's attention and be able to cut through. Like I'm, I was so happy, like that people really listened and heard me because yeah. for about two days, all I did was listen to that beat <laughs> over and over again. Yeah, it was really good. How long would you say that it took you to prepare that verse, though? Because um, I know, you know, every artist has their own way of performing and delivering. Um, when it comes to you, like, writing down, like, does it take you a while to, like, get something together, a few bars and stuff? It depends if I'm uh, if I'm inspired. I, I, I try not to overthink it. If I overthink it, I'm going to think myself into a box. Yeah. And then I won't be able to get any words to fit in that box. So. Mm-hmm. With that verse, that was probably like, that was just the most recent verse that I wrote for a song that I was working on with a friend. And when I heard the beat, I was like, oh, this is, this will work perfect because the, the the pattern of it. But it wasn't long enough, so what I did from there was just like, I added to it, but I added to it in a way that I didn't overthink it. So I was just like, you know, when you're not overthinking it and you're just talking, you're able to just add the bars at the end. So that's what yeah. I did with that. But my process for that, because I don't really do ciphers like that, and this is just good game for anybody who may do a cipher and you don't, you don't do them very often. I recorded myself with the verse that I had already, and then I listened to it, and I just listened to it over and over again. So then, when I got there, like as soon as I heard the verse, like it was really, it was just like singing a song instead of just like spitting a verse. Yeah. So I try to make it easier on myself, you know, repetition and all of that. But uh, it's not hard for me to write. Like, I, like I said, my process usually falls into like freestyling. Mm-hmm. I write a lot, but I don't write raps all the time. Like I just okay. write, just you write, know, yeah. Like, like journaling, expressing ideas, planning lists. Like I often write. So when it's time to, when it's time to write raps, like my my hand or my head is already understanding, like you know how to do that. I'm already yeah. in practice. But uh, so for me, it's like a balance of both. Sometimes I hear a beat and I write a rap to the beat, or mm. I wrote some raps or some lines or some thoughts, and then I hear a beat 
tweet and then I use the thoughts and the, or the lines and put it together. Sometimes I'll fucking go through my tweets and be like, what did I say? <laughs> and then put that in the bar. Like, I just try to find, like, different ways to make it fun. But, uh, you know, I, I freestyle or I write it down. Like, mm-hmm. whatever works best. Whenever, whenever the inspiration comes, I just want to be ready for it. I love that. I love that. You know, not too long ago, you actually mentioned um, that you had to step out of your comfort zone and ask for help. Was that difficult to do? And what did you ask help for? Dang. When I, said I know. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all up in your business. Oh, <laughs> oh, um, it wasn't hard because the help that you need is always there. Mm-hmm. If you know where to look. Mm-hmm. So um, the, it really was just about letting more cooks in the kitchen and the things that I want to do musically. Okay. And a lot of times... You know, imagine myself as somebody who's very particular and, you know, I know how I want things to go and be, but a lot of that time, you know, could be sometimes me being in my own, stuck in my own way, Yeah. you know, or assuming that my way is the best way. And I'm, you know, I've learned over time that it's not always like that. Yeah. Um, so in that, you know, I really had to allow myself to learn how to delegate certain things to other people and trust, you know, that I can trust others with my dream or trust others to, you know, to collaborate with others and learn how to, like, do things outside of the space that I'm used to. Because I feel like, you know, you can't, everyone knows you can't grow really from, from a, a space of, like, comfortability. So true, true. Asking for help isn't always something I'm, like, able to do all the time. Like, because I like to, I'm such a, uh, I've grown to be a very, like, self-sufficient person. Mm-hmm. So because of that, uh, you know, I have to break out of that sometimes and be like, you know, it can't always be your way. And, you know, in that way, I, it, it, it helped me in a lot of ways, too, because the ideas and things I've been able to create with, my, you know, having a team of people that I can, like, trust and talk to yeah. and hear from and take criticism from or ideas from and, you know, take, you know, give them an idea and watch, you know, the group conversation, the mastermind combo, like, grow it into something else. Like, yeah. Like, you know, that that really uh, was helpful. But, you know, I think I know what you're talking about, which is just like putting putting myself in that coachable mindset of like, OK, not only it's almost like a, within any partnership, if you're in a relationship or any any kind of, you know, swing it back to like love really is like a personal relationship or a, or a, or a relationship with yourself. Like, you know, you got to be able to trust your partner like you can't have a partner or you can't do nothing with yourself if you don't trust yourself. Uh-huh. It really just had a lot to do with just me telling myself, "All right, it's okay. Like it's okay to let these people into the shit that you that you're that you've built or you've done." And also realizing that I didn't do any of these things on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, under, you know, understanding like that—that's what I mean by the help that I needed was already there. Right. It was just now, just about like you know, like me go do something. It's just a little bit of straightening and organizing and organizing uh, organizing things in a way of like, oh, okay. Like not only like was the help already there and we've already been building in this way, but now I'm in a I'm in a personal mindset where I can be like, you know what, like I'm trying to like refortify what I built individually uh-huh. and I'm doing that with other creatives who we've all worked with each other over to, you know, over this time. But it's it's a different it's more it's even more intentional now mm-hmm. uh, to like have a team and have people I can call on and they can call on me. So I feel like I've always had um been a collaborator with other people and stuff like that but very like like i'm an independent contractor type thing like i'm gonna come through we're gonna do this thing and now i'm about to go back to doing my thing but now i'm i feel like i'm in a space even more so where and it's it's more clear with those people like yo we are doing this yeah and it feels good to be able to do that and trust that because it, it hasn't always been like this that's very true it has not always been that way and to piggyback on what you're saying too it it's difficult a little bit to ask for help but then i feel like it's so rewarding once you do because it's like a weight lift off your shoulders but then also you get a whole new like insight on what could have been you know so it's it's just really good it's beneficial but it's hard because i have those moments too i'm just like sometimes asking for help makes me cringe a little bit because i feel like i'm not I'm not trying hard enough, but I think it's just all in our head, and it sometimes it's just two better than one. Like it's not, it's, it's not, it's not that serious. Like just ask. Yeah, like you gotta. I, I I don't know what it is that will tell me that you shouldn't ask for help. Like it's either don't ask for help because that's a stupid question, or don't ask 
ask for help, they don't want to help you. Right. Like, you know, it's always this contrary thing. It's just like, you know, there's some, it's probably like a, a, a mental thing of yeah. feeling like, like you're going to be unsafe if you do this thing. Right. You help. Like you're not going to receive the help that you need. You're going to be treated weird for asking for help. But I, you know, I had to break out of that and understand like the people that I want to ask for help from want to help me just as much as I want to Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, that's how you create community. That's, that's how you build these type of bonds with people that I've been able to build off the strength of, of many years musically, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just kind of showing up for people and being present, uh, yeah. either as a performer, as a friend, or as a, as a, you know, somebody passing a blunt or something like all of those <laughs> things, like they, they, they count and they, mm-hmm. they pay in, in time. So I feel like it's even easier for me to ask for these people for help because we've been working in the same field for so long, mm-hmm. like that it, it, it's only right. Like, I can trust that these these same people I started from down here with, and individually we're still in the same space, working together, helping each other get our thing up. And uh, I feel like now I'm just even more blessed to be able to to have said to, hey, do you want to be on my team? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you want to do this thing? And a lot of them being all like, bro, I'm already on the team. Like, right. Like, you know, so that that in itself like very like a confirmation. You know, and I feel like since then. It's just been the utmost confidence and not not only within myself, but in understanding that I'm not always right and other people have good ideas too. Not to say I didn't think like that before, but just reminding myself. Yes. It's thinking about that stuff and reminding myself of that puts out so many doubts. Like it stops that inner voice because I'm able to talk to other people without interruption from myself, like in my inner voice. So mm-hmm. because of that, like I feel lately, and especially from that from that day, from the moment that we met, from that show, and everything leading up to that, and everything I've done since then, uh, just in that week, and it's honestly been a wild two weeks since that event. Oh wow, and, uh, that's good. Yeah, uh, you know, it's just uh, a lot more pure, or a lot more clear in my thinking yeah. and my direction without the distraction of myself. So, like I said, it's always a battle. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I mean, I feel like I'm in good hands with the people I'm working with and within myself, so I'm solid. I think you are too. And then one Thank thing, you. one thing I have to, I have to say just to close that up, um, that I always kind of remind myself, and maybe this will help you too, is we go back into like early ages when God made Adam and Eve. He made Adam first, then he made Eve. So it's like obviously he didn't want people to do life alone. That that's how I think about it. Like you know we're. Yeah. on this earth together for a reason we're not meant to be doing things differently you know by ourselves all the time yeah yeah so and at the same time too the, you know your inner thoughts there's so many things that cause us to to doubt ourselves yeah or to create division within ourselves like between us so yeah you know silencing that or doing that you know doing the the other thing it, it you know in itself is beneficiary like or beneficial because uh you know like my my doing the uncomfortable thing it requires more of you, but that's what makes you will make you better because it requires more of you. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard. It's the cringy thing, the uncomfortable thing, but that's where growth is from. Like absolutely, you know, I've seen my plants go through it. <laughs> my plants. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh, how long have you been a plant parent? I've been a plant parent for about three years now. Okay. Yeah, and uh, it started off. Some of these were definitely like my first plants. Some of them didn't make it, and R and D them, uh, but we learned. <laughs> you know, you can't, you know. Uh, but I really got into it just because, like, I was in a, in a, in a growing space where mm-hmm. I wanted change, I wanted new life, and I and the first thing that came to mind is like I always have loved plants, don't have one, and I was in the process of just getting things and buying buying things that brought me joy or brought me peace without even having to talk about it. Like not like doing, you know, if if I write every day, that's an act, an action or something like that. Like, you know, my plants just be here and, 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 and they're here, you know, and then I I water them. It reminds me to drink water. Like it's a whole, you know, we all working together. I love this. Like that. I don't know, it, 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 it's like another thing. Like, and I feel like maybe people like that with like the pets or, or mm-hmm. even the children or something like that. But me not being in that space yet, it puts me in a, in a mindset of like, it helps my self-awareness in a silent way. Yeah. Like, I'm not in here by myself, you know, or and always reminded me that you're not here by yourself. Like, even when 
the room is quiet or something like that, there's always life around or somebody, yeah. you know, fucks with you around. Like, you just got to understand and look and seek them out because they, they right there. They want you to water them as much as you need the water, too. So beautiful. And they, yeah, it's it's really a mood setting, too. Like, they're good with energy. It's good for your oxygen. So it's yeah. I'm such an advocate for plants. <laughs> yeah, I'm with it. I'm going to be doing some events, definitely some plant-inspired things. I got some, like, my on my website, on camelody.com, I have uh, actually a sale going right now of, like, all of my 3338Z merch, which is called the Healers Club. Uh-huh. And that whole thing, the 3338 Healers Club, is just about healing, healing your mind, your body, your spirit. And that whole uh, merch line is all plant-inspired. Like, so there's, like, tote bags with the plants on it. There's, uh, I think I have one. Let me see <laughs> But yeah, it's like all plant stuff. That, okay, that's nice. So I always, I, I, even more so going forward, like in my upcoming like live events and stuff like that, some things that I'm going to be doing for like Love Really Is and other projects that I put out. Mm-hmm. Um, all, you know, plants are going to be a part of that because like I said, like I'm just trying to find like the most authentic way to do what I do Yeah. with the intention that I do it my way, you know, like, and that incorporate, that means incorporating things that are close to me and you know, and my life, you know, from my grandmother inspiring the artwork mm-hmm. of my project to my plants inspiring the style of my merch. Like it's all very personal and all very like you know, an expression of me in a different way. Yeah, that's so great. Congrats, Cam. I Thank have you. one Thank more you. question for you, but and then we play a game. I'm gonna get you out of here because I, I know time is ticking. I know what day it is. it's a special day for you oh my gosh okay so so for you listening right now you can't see but he just flashed his ceiling it's a huge diplomat flag if you don't know today is versus okay (laughs) tip set against the locks i gotta get you out of here (laughs) and 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 you're like and you're a serious you're a serious dipset fan too i was doing some stalking i was like oh he's serious about this Or 2020. Oh, yeah, that's I can't remember. It's probably 2019. I think. That's epic. It was, my Nar- it was from my Nirvana project. And, okay. Uh, yeah, I love I love Cameron. Like you know, when I was young, my cousins put me on the camera. I was probably like nine years old and listening to like the first cassette I ever bought was a Mace tape. Okay. So I was already on some Harlem World type shit. You know, you saw like I was wearing, I was dressing like that. I had the Airbus T-shirts with the you know the bandana wrapped around the leg. Like, oh was, my gosh. I've always been a Cameron fan, diplomats from Joels to Cameron, Jim Jones. Like that's a part of my music, just as much as me listening and making music. Like, did you, did you ever dress up as Cameron or or any no, of them? Never, no, no, no. I've never oh. dressed up as Cameron, for, for like for I Halloween. Did. I mean. Oh no no. But okay. That was a good idea. I'm probably about to buy like this. Uh, I was about to buy like some new diplomat stuff, like a diplomat shower, uh, like a shower curtain. Or a shower like cur- They have a shower curtain. <laughs> <laughs> something i did do back in the day um my answering machine used to be killer cam like when you oh. called in the first thing it's like killer cam killer cam like, <laughs> so, like for a long time that was my voicemail like, that's funny consistent i might actually do that again honestly I you should you shouldn't did it leading up to this day i mean i yeah. miss i miss like those times we had like the songs as our voice as our voicemails <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That you think people have about the Inland Empire or your city, San Bernardino, in general? Um, uh, man, um, the misconception that people have of the Inland Empire, for one, a lot of people think that IE people hate LA, and that's not true. And we get a lot of, we catch a lot of straight bullets from LA. I don't even understand. I don't me either, because I'm from the IE too. I'm like, why? And I'm originally, I'm originally, my, my, my pops is from Venice. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I was born in, in Los Angeles and I moved out here when I was probably like four or five, but I always grew up going back and forth and I never, like, you know, treated it any different. Like if anything, it made me a very, like a much more whole person because I 
know what it's like to live in the in the desert in the yeah. open space. I know what it's like to you know navigate a city life and being on top of be everybody on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get a lot of you know we get a lot of that. And I feel like so you know you can attest to this too. So, there's so many similarities between LA. And there Miami. is. Like you can I've been on baseline before. Like I did a show in in downtown San Bernardino like just the other day. And where I, when I pulled into the lot, like where I looked up, I was like, if I was just looking straight and not paying attention, I swear to God, I'm in downtown. Like just from the, <laughs> the sounds and the smells and the people walking by. Yeah. That, you know, so that's one common misconception that people from the IE either hate LA or want to be from LA. And, and that, I guess that's a little bit true. Some people do want to go to LA and, you know, that's everybody's dream to go to LA. But for me, I feel like we we got the best of both worlds because we know what LA is like because we're right here. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we have this whole other world that they don't know nothing about. Right. So there's that. Uh, I think the other misconception is that everybody from here is just on some like murder shit, on some gang gang shit. Wow. Like, I okay, I never heard that one. Well, um, people think like Sam. I mean, not to say Sam Renew isn't like dangerous. Yeah, I mean it is. But it's like. It can be dangerous, but, you know, every city has that kind of thing. Absolutely. Like, I feel like uh, the danger level in the city doesn't take the beauty away from Compton or take the beauty away from Inglewood or mm-hmm. any of these places that I've, you know, Long Beach. Those mm-hmm. are beautiful cities if you know where to go, you know? Yeah. And in my head, the way, same way I feel about San Bernardino, like, yeah, there's been crazy times and I've seen some crazy stuff, but there's such beautiful people out here. Uh, and we grew up in such, with such a, uh, a melting pot because we're not in L.A. and we would get a lot of stuff from... And we get down south stuff, we'll get stuff from the Bay Area, yeah. and all of that mixes into what it means to be from the IE because we're so huge. San Bernardino is like the biggest county in all of the United States, yeah, it is. So it's kind of crazy to think that we would be just one way. Um, mm-hmm. so for you know, that's why that's what I mean. Like, people think San Bernardino is just on some like street shit only, and you know, it's really grimy out here. Like, it's not, it's not all that because it's not, not all, not all the parts, yeah, not, yeah, no, not all of it. Um, shit. And then I guess, I don't know, the last one is just that people from out here don't make fire music because that's a lot because I'm out here doing that. So. Yeah, you are, definitely. Um, okay, so for, so for those who don't, who either A, never been to the IE or don't really appreciate the IE, what is like one thing that you would suggest that they do? Because I have a lot of people, I think I would say for me, the misconception is like, there's nothing in the IE. And I can't admit that the IE is a lot slower than it is out here in LA, but I don't want to say there's completely nothing in yeah. the IE. So for you, for talking to someone else, what would you suggest to them that they try, whether it's like a food place or it's something to do? Well, I mean, my first thing I always do for a lot of the homies, I'll take you to the nearest bakers. And we're going to go here bakers <laughs> together. And okay. put you on to this spicy ketchup, and you're about to be like, man, this is better than In-N-Out. I'm about to say, I know, and they got tacos too. <laughs> like, that's bakers it's always something i'll do like especially people from la the first place i'll take them is bakers okay uh for something to do i mean we can hit up victoria gardens we can go to ontario mills or something like that <laughs> we can shop it up you know what i'm saying like go to these, uh, those little spots and it's like very those places got like a lot of scenery very, it like, does spot you know I'm victoria dead. gardens and, and rancho cucamonga super bougie that's how i use motherfucker but very bougie very there. yes and, and a lot of money over there too a lot of mm-hmm. rich yeah, especially then, above Victoria Garden. Oh yeah, definitely. I think uh, I need some people from Earth, Wind, Fire that live over there. Like, oh wow, in that area, yeah. But um, the last thing I guess we say for people from from LA that I like to do is I can take you on a hike. Like I can show you some views. You know, like I yeah. can put you on a mountain, crazy, and you'll see the whole view. You'll be able to see straight everything. San Francisco, yes. Riverside, Rialto, like. And, and I feel like I like to do that, too, because in L.A., there's only a few specific spots that you can go and get a crazy view. And they're very well known. And people know them. Or you got to drive out to, like, the beach area or something like that. For us over here, you know, we're in, a, like, a bowl of mountains. And I feel like sometimes I miss that bowl when I'm in L.A. Like, I miss being able to look up and kind of look into the distance and see, like, a mountain range or something like that. Uh-huh. So that's something I'll definitely do. Like, take somebody from L.A., like, show them, show them the sights and show them the different trails we got different botanical gardens you know go to fairmont park and riverside go kick it by the lake or or go to uh glen helen uh national park and yeah by even a bigger lake go fishing and stuff like that like there's all of these things out there too that are out here too that people don't even know about but you know you kind of got to be here to know where to go like I right said, you might the first you know 
I'll take you to Waterman Discount Mall or something like that. <laughs> like, those, those kind of spots, because those places are just the same, like... As Thawson swapped me out here. Yeah, same yep. shit. Same shit, same people, same energy. Yeah, and so. and Sapphire Falls is is kind of equivalent, I guess, going to maybe like Eaton Canyon out here in Pasadena. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah, or we can go to like you want to. I can take somebody to a whole another world, and they just in San Bernardino still. We can go to Big Bear in like October, and yep. it's snowing up there. Crazy. Big Bear, Silver, you're really Silverwood. Only Ten minutes away from San Bernardino. Yep. So it's like. You know, you'll forget where you are. Like, I've gone on tour in so many different places, and I've driven up to Big Bear, and I swear I feel like I'm in Oklahoma or something like that. <laughs> things that I'm seeing. But, you know, that's the, the uh, like, the diversity of, of what San Bernardino has to offer, what mm-hmm. the IE has to offer, because there's so many different places. Like, the likeness of it is, is like L.A., but there's not a lot of traffic. So it's like right. everything is L.A. Yeah. Even though people from Long Beach, people consider it L.A. because you can go from L.A. to Long Beach in like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, I can do the same thing in San Bernardino. If I'm in San Bernardino and I want to go to Pasadena and, or, or, or Pomona or something like that in 20 minutes, just because it's in L.A. County, it's close enough that people consider that the I.E. But yeah. That's how, that's how thin the line is. You know? like, <laughs> I, I remember at that event, I met a guy and he was like, oh, yeah, I messed with you, bro. You from the I.E.? I was like, yeah. I was like, you from the IE too? He's like, no, I'm from Pomona. And I'm like, mm, well, you kind of from the IE. I hate when people <laughs> say that. Uh, everyone's like, Pomona's not the IE. Pomona, I'm sorry. You're the IE. This is no, what it is. If I could get you from the 210 in 20 minutes, oh my you're gosh. Like, you're part of the section. I mean, I think people from Pomona don't like to claim it because it's part of LA County. Like, right after you yeah. pass Pomona, that's when you enter San Bernardino County. But it's just like, but the way it's positioned, like, come on, just accept that you're part of the yeah. IE. It's well, okay. That, that's the it's okay. Like, sugar free. Yeah. for the first time, and I dropped him off at his house, and the first thing I said to myself was like, "Bro, we got here fast." That was my first time being in Pomona. Uh-huh. I met Sugar Free when I was 14 at my homie's house, and he was like, "I guess his dad was working with, or my homie's dad was working with him," and we was, he was like, you know, he introduced him. We had, we smoked or whatever. And we took, he, we dropped him off in Pomona. That's my first time going. It was so close. I always thought, listening to his music, that Pomona was like this faraway land full of pimps and shit. And this thing is 35 minutes off the Yeah, coast. it's literally so, right there. Yeah, you probably, yeah, you, probably you are. Okay, I don't want to hold you up too much. Before you get out of here, I have to play this game. It's called Name That Memory. And I name a okay. song. And you got to tell me a memory you have from that song. Whatever it is that comes oh, to your mind, fun. just let me know. Okay. So, Dipset fan. I'm a, I got you going with the Dipset song. Jim Jones, We Fly High. Wow. Baller? Yes. 2006 Man, that came out. All right. So, the memory for me, I, that kind of shit makes me high. You want to know why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Baller is like a very late single in the diplomat infantry of music. It is. Like, that is. It's, it's probably like it's it's like one of the later later songs that came out in like 06 Cameron was yes. popping in like early 2000s 2001-2002 so for me I was already a diplomats fan but when Ballin came out and I'm watching all the kids in my school like coming in like we gym set dude. I was like nigga I've been wearing a diplomats airbrush t-shirt for like two years like what are you talking about yeah. like, don't play with me like I, this is dip set for life over here so for me Ballin <laughs> is one of those songs like, it's one of those songs of like you know, uh, a, a novice dipset fan would be like, oh, I love Dipset, bowling, like, bro. Yeah, it's, like, there's some, yeah, you gotta, Dipset Anthem, fucking Crunk Music, fucking Dipset Community, one and two, all of that, like, I, I listen to all of that shit. So, so, so basically, that song is like when all of the, the fakes were exposed, right? That's what you were saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cameron, oh boy, 2002. Oh, uh, the memory for that, you know, ironically, it's free. I used to love free for 106 and Park. Uh-huh. And when I saw her in that video, remember the old boy video? Yes. She's in the video, and like everybody came out. Like, I, that was one of my favorites, too. Uh, yeah, that's my memory of that. I, I think of free and AJ and like seeing like Angie Martinez and all the like hip hop people at the time, Dame Dash with the bottle dancing and all that. Like, that's. That's that memory for me, like, and it's very like 
prime time. I came home from school to watch Royal Six and Park and Cameron got mm-hmm. the number one video. Like that was those are special moments because I was a big fan even back then. Like oh boy, especially because my name was Cam. So before I even rap, like I was low key getting the clout off Killer. However good Killer doing, that's how good Killer doing. <laughs> like, we doing good. So um. yeah, that was definitely. That's a, a good memory. Oh, boy. That's, a, that's, that's a definitely a time, time for sure. Yeah. Okay, we're going to switch it up a little bit. Aaliyah, we need a resolution. Oh, man. Uh, my memory for that song, I, just, I don't know. Like, it's a sad memory. Like, oh, no. So oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's okay. <laughs> it's a sad memory. I love, I love Aaliyah, but yeah. I don't think we should be crying right now. No, okay. That's true. When we saw artists pass away and stuff like that. Like that shit really hit close to home because it was like losing a family member. Yeah, like, definitely. Of, like, the black family, because you know, a lot of at that time it was it was still very split. You're listening to fucking NSYNC or Backstreet Boys or that fucking shit, or you're listening to R- the R and B guys at the time and, yep. and all of that. So especially with uh, Aaliyah being such a prominent voice in the hip hop at, at that time, with the, her joints with DMX and. Romeo Mustang and all, you know, I was a huge fan of her. It's like, she mm-hmm. was fire. Definitely, like, I, I used to say all the time, I don't know, you know, if, if Leah was here and Beyonce was still here, I don't know. People say that often. I think Beyonce will still be Beyonce, but it, it will be a different Beyonce. But I think she will still be relevant. Yeah. I feel the same way about, like, uh, I care a lot about Biggie Smalls, too. Yeah. And I feel the same way about Jay Z. Same. You know, it kind of like, I'm not, I mean, he would have been great either way. He was already great before. But, you know, same thing with uh, being Destiny Child. But, you know, when there's that, when that space opened up, yeah. it was those two people that filled in those spots. Oh. Sure. All right. Jay Z, excuse me. Oh, man. Uh, 2002, I, I came out. All right. So back in the day, there used to be this club in San Bernardino. Oh, Got right? them? Okay. Yeah, I used to go to Gotham Nightclub. Yeah, <laughs> Gotham. Wow, I oh, I got the name, yeah. I went to Gotham Nightclub for the teen night. And the first night that I went, that was the song I was playing when I went for the first Aww. time. And so I still think, like, when I think about that song, I think about that because I used to get dropped off by my mom. It was just crazy. I can't believe that I was doing that at, like, 13 or 14. <laughs> my mom dropped, <laughs> dropped me off off of Waterman. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Yeah, like, I can't believe that I was doing that. Like, kids today would not be doing that. Like, yeah, they know. Club? Like, a club, a teen night. Like, yeah. No, like, so, so crazy. Yeah, Excusing Miss is one of those joints that they were playing at that time because it was the early 2000s and, you know, you know, Pharrell didn't miss, Jay-Z and Pharrell never missed. I've been to Gotham plenty of times, but I don't think I ever heard Jay-Z, excuse me, Miss playing there. What? But, I don't mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it probably did. I just don't remember. Like, when I When I think oh, of a yeah. Gotham, I think of, like, Nothing slow. Like everything was just like you know twerking oh, music yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or twerking one or the other. But I was also I was there. I mean I was going there at, uh, when I was really young. Like, yeah, I, it wasn't. Uh, it was a, a different time. It was probably playing different music. They didn't even serve drinks. Like it was just mm-hmm. we were really just there to dance, which is you know crazy. Now you couldn't ask me to pull up just to dance. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, last song, Ashanti, right. foolish. Oh man, I used to love Ashanti. I ain't gonna lie, I had that the blue poster. Oh my! Album. Everyone had that poster yeah, hung that, up. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> I had that on the wall. I was probably like, you know, this close to actually ordering the, a bigger one back in the day. But I used to remember, I used to bump Ashanti. Like I forgot about the Murder Inc. little run that they had at that time. Mm-hmm. But Ashanti hit fast, like from that first song, "Foolish." And what's crazy is. The video concept for Foolish is a Bronx Tale. When they're driving backwards and all that, like that's from the movie A Bronx Tale. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Dang, I didn't the, notice that. I think it was Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard was in that video. I don't even uh, yeah. Was but, it Terrence? Yeah, it was Terrence. Yeah, yeah it was Terrence. It was Terrence. Howard and the scene where she's like, What do you do? And he's like, construction. Like it's a flip of uh 
of like the Goodfellas and and um, and the Bronx Tale. And the Bronx Tale. Oh, because wow. remember the Bronx Tale, Sonny lives so close to the yes. spot. He can drive in reverse all the way to his spot. So, and that's that's basically what that was. But yeah, I, I actually love that video. Shanti was just so fine. Even though she was like, she got sideburns. I was like, I don't care. I love, <laughs> I love the sideburns. Run it up. Like, yeah. That's my memory of that foolish Shanti. Definitely. I'm about to run that after this. Okay. <laughs> after the verses, right? After the verses. After yeah, the verses. Yeah, definitely. All right. Cam, it's been a pleasure talking to you. We could talk literally all day long. Before you get out of here, though, please let everyone know who's listening right now where they can find you at. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Everybody, my name is Cam Gnarly. I'm an artist out of the Inland Empire of Southern California. You can find my music wherever you listen to your music at. Cam Gnarly, C-A-M-G-N-A-R-L-Y. If you want to support the music or the brand or any of the stuff that I showed earlier, you can uh, check out camnarly.com. I got my music videos up on there. I got all my press stuff and, you know, other other ways to support the brand. Uh, but, yeah, whatever, wherever you listen to your music, I'm probably right there. I'm probably on your phone right now in your pocket. <laughs> you don't even know. Just tap in and catch up. <laughs> yes. Make sure you check out Cam Gnarly's music. I'm telling you, this guy has such a melodic sound, and with his a good sense of metaphors that he used, his just poetic self. Um, I, I can tell he's going to go very far. So do yourself a favor, check out his music. And again, I appreciate you listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. And I'll catch you here next time on the Beat You Podcast. Bye.